On this episode, Andrew Salop, host of Combos Court, joins the show to discuss the NBA playoffs, regular season awards, and should we really start to open up the dialogue again about LeBron James and Michael Jordan and who's really the GOAT. All that and more on this episode of The Sanchez Show. But first, we couldn't forget, it is May 21st, so we had to show some respect to one of the greatest MCs of all time. Happy birthday, big. What's really good and welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show. I am your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. Today is Friday, May 21st, so you know what that means. The NBA playoffs officially kick off tomorrow, but tonight we find out who the eighth seed is going to be in the West. And since we're talking basketball, we had to invite one of the best basketball minds in the podcast space, my man, Andrew Salop. You guys might know him as Combo, the host of Combo's Court, one of the top basketball podcasts streaming everywhere. Combo, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. What an introduction, man. I appreciate that. It's always great talking basketball with you, man. Always great to talk basketball with somebody as knowledgeable as yourself. I I appreciate that. Yeah, we've had some great episodes in the past, so I'm looking forward to this one as well. And uh, I want to shout you out, man. I've always been a fan of your podcast, like I said, since we met a few years back. I I watch your work, man. You're one of the few guys I actually do pay attention to see what they're doing because it's always insightful. You've had some great guests. And I've noticed you've been showing my Knicks a lot of love lately. You've been talking a lot about the Knicks over the past couple weeks, man. So I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, we got to. I mean, you know, you know, I'm not a fan of any team. That's how I always been. But look, man, there's no denying it. It's good for New York. I'm in New York and I'm feeling it, man. I I like it. Like, it's just good for the NBA. It's definitely good for New York for the Knicks to be back. You know, they're back. No matter what. Hey, honestly, they're not going to get swept. But if they even got swept, it's a successful season to me. Absolutely. They've exceeded expectations. Tibbs has done a great job, and we'll talk yeah. a little bit more about Tibbs later. I think it's great balance for the city, though. As you mentioned, we know the star powers in Brooklyn. There's no denying they are probably the best team in, in the NBA as a whole. Uh, but then they have the balance of the Knicks being competitive and, and kind of having that upstart feel to them. So it's great for the city. But as I mentioned, tonight we're going to find out who the A seed is in the West. Um, day three of the play-in tournament. We saw an instant classic the other night between the Lakers and the Warriors. Some of the other games have been blowouts, but overall, what are your thoughts on the play-in and do you feel it's here to stay? Yeah, I think it's here to stay. It's an interesting thing. I was wondering, and uh, people were talking about this on different podcasts, if LeBron got knocked out, would it be over for the play-ins? That'd be kind of interesting. That that is an interesting take. Um, I don't know if the league will want to do away with it. I think it would probably intrigue them even more because now you, you create this buzz around this could be the guy's last game or this team could be eliminated before actually making the playoffs. But overall, I think it's been a success so far. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. And I was almost indifferent. I know it's a polarizing topic, but I was kind of indifferent, you know. But then when I saw how these, you know, the end of the regular season was looking and then we got this Warriors you know, we, this Warriors-Lakers game, which was fantastic. I think it's here to stay, and I really like it. Yeah, I, I think the two things that I liked the most about it was the opportunity to see teams like the Lakers and Warriors play. Um, under normal circumstances, those teams would have kind of tried to rest up for the playoffs, especially if you know, hey, we're going in as a seventh seed. Let's just do our best to make sure we're fully healthy. In this instance, you can't do that. You've got to try to play out the season and then ultimately win the playing game. The second thing I like about it, though, is the team's uh, seeded one through six have actually been rewarded for solidifying their spot because in years past you wouldn't get this week off before the playoffs normally the season would end wednesday and by saturday you're playing 
all the teams now ranked one through six have gotten an opportunity to sit back and just watch and rest up. So that could be a big thing, especially for the Jazz, who Donovan Mitchell missed, what, the last three weeks of the season. Yeah, that's important for him. And speaking of the Jazz, like, I might, even though, like, no injury is good, but I think it's actually good for the Jazz because I think they're going to be teams by committee, and I think that's when they're at their best. I don't like when Donovan is going out there for 40 or 50. I kind of want to see Donovan in the mix with the team, and I think that's going to really help them, to be honest, with him getting back into it. And you're right, it gives him rest. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, their depth has been their biggest strength this year, right? 100%. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Clarkson um, and and um, Joe Ingles. They got two guys who could be six men of the year. Yeah, going for six men of the year. Yeah, um, that, so I, I don't even know if we ever saw that before. That's interesting. Well, actually, the Clippers were in a similar situation um, last year with Lou Will and Montrez. True. So True. That's a big fact. Right. But their depth, that's, that's been one of their bigger issues. Last year, they went into the playoffs without Bogdanovich. So I expect him to have a, a great playoff this year. But I want to ask you, what are some of the matchups you're really looking forward to now that we have the seedings in place and we know who's playing and where they're playing? Clips, Mavs, man. I want to see that. We saw it last year. We saw Luka. With that big shot, that was that was really good. We were in the middle of the pandemic. It was tough times for everybody. Everybody had to change things up. But I think Luca with that shot, man, he he just he changed the mood for everybody on that night. And um, for the but for the Mavs to win this year, Porzingis really has to play at an All NBA level. He hasn't shown that yet this season, but he showed it in the bubble. He's obviously showed it with the Knicks. And if he could get back to that, I think they can beat the Clippers. I think that's really what it comes down to for that series. And that's the series that's most interesting to me. And honestly, with the Sixers, whoever they play against is the most interesting series to me because they're the most interesting team in basketball. I love what they did this year from the front office to what they did on the court, roster construction, Doc Rivers leading the way. So whatever series the Sixers in, I think is the most interesting. Okay. Uh, Sixers uh, will be playing the Wiz in that right. first round matchup. Right. Uh, which will be fun to watch uh, the the backcourt of of Washington. Although Bradley Bill, I don't think he's one hundred percent. He hasn't looked on. But he he looked he, he looked okay yesterday. Well, he, he a, he's come on in the in the second half of the last two games. He's looked yeah. better. But he, he's again, you could tell he's kind of figuring out his way and getting back. Hopefully, a couple of days rest. I mean, a hamstring and a hamstring. You never know. It could be the worst thing in the world. It could be just a little something. So only the player knows what he's really feeling. You know, it's it's interesting with the hamstring. Yeah. And Luca, you brought up a great point because he had a really good series against the Clippers last year. They took him six with Porzingis missing half the series. Him and Morris got into it a little bit last year. Um, do you think Rondo gives the Clippers a little different element this time around? I do. I do. Because I think it's a I think it's a role that they needed. It didn't even have to be Rondo. It's just somebody that could set the table. Right. But then you add Rondo's, you know, his playoff experience, he's playoff Rondo, you know, we call him that. I think all that, like, even if it was Lonzo, it's somebody that could set the table. Whoever it may be, that's the role that they needed, and they filled it there, and I think that was really important for roster construction. What about the matchup I think everybody's going to be looking forward to? Milwaukee-Miami, the rematch from last year. Miami took them out of there in five games and really could have swept them. They've had their number for about two years now. Can Miami do it again and upset Milwaukee early in the playoffs? I do think they can because I think I believe more in Miami's coaching staff than Milwaukee's coaching staff. And man, they just do things different, man. They have culture. They do things always the right time, the right way. They make adjustments. Milwaukee has been known not to make adjustments. So I do think Miami can have it, but I think it's I think it is a coin flip. I do think it is a coin flip with these two teams. But Miami can get it done for sure. You got Jimmy, you got Bam. I mean, if Tyler 
gets going, you know, Duncan gets going around those guys. That creates crazy spacing. I think they know how to guard Giannis. They prove they can creating that wall. Milwaukee has done some different stuff. They have made some adjustments, but they got to prove it to me in the playoffs. I agree. Um, I, I'm of the thinking that I think Giannis might have the most pressure on him out of any player. And I want to get your thoughts on it because Milwaukee has done everything in their power now to surround them with an upgrade of talent, right? You go out there, you get Holiday, who I know you're very fond of. They bring yeah. in Holiday. P.J. Tucker has looked better for them now. Uh, they obviously try to make the move in the offseason for Bogdanovich. They're swinging for the fences. If they don't get it done this year, could Coach Bud be on the hot seat? What, what do they do? Because the roster, I don't think they really have much flexibility in upgrading the talent around Giannis anymore. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean... Giannis, it's not a crazy take. Like, everybody is looking at what he's going to do into the postseason. Nobody really, it's unfortunate. Nobody really cares what he does in the regular season anymore, you know? And he had and, a great regular season. Yeah, and it's a grind. Like, it's tough playing all these games, especially in the pandemic. You know, you're hardly having practice. And to play at this level, it, it's really great. You know I've been hard on Giannis in the past. So, I mean, but he's played great. He might have even got better. It's just been under the radar. You know, but everybody's really just looking to see what he's going to do in the postseason. It's not a crazy take. Everybody knows that. That's why he won't win MVP this year, because people don't won't really believe in Giannis until he does it in the postseason and takes his team to the finals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other three six matchup, because I recently heard your take on Michael Porter Jr., who I'm very high on. Yes. I still haven't gotten over the fact that the Knicks took Kevin Knox over Michael Porter Jr. a few years ago. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, but I, I loved your take on Michael Porter Jr. and really what his ceiling and his potential is. Um, what do you see in that matchup? Because Denver isn't quite the same team as they were last year. Obviously, Jamal Murray's out. But Michael Porter Jr. is starting to take this leap. They add Aaron Gordon, Gordon into the mix. And on the flip side, if you're Portland, the clock is kind of ticking on Dame Lillard there as well. There's There's been that recent report from Chris Haynes that he's unhappy there. Is that one of those situations where whoever loses has to make drastic changes next season? Yeah, man, there's a lot to unpack there for both sides of this. Um, with the Blazers, man, defense is really an issue with them for Carmelo. You know, I mean, their backcourt is fantastic with with Dame and CJ, but just the, the defense with Canner and Melo is an all-time great, all-time great scorer. But I just think defense will be an issue there, and I think they'll ultimately lose, to be honest. So you got Denver winning that series? Yeah, I do. I got Denver winning that series. And to your point with Michael Porter Jr., man, he just keeps making leaps, and I really think this will benefit the Nuggets in the long run, even if they go out early this year. I really do, because I think there's a chance that Jamal Murray could become their third option if MPJ takes a crazy leap. Imagine that with those three playing at an elite level. I think I think it could be crazy for that team if they could figure it out with Jamal Murray, MPJ, and Jokic. I think they're a legit, legit contender next year. And uh, this year will be tough, though, man, even though they have the MVP. Yeah. I think I think will be the MVP, at least. I agree. I, for most of the year, I had him be... Um, but I just think when yes, you look yeah, you know what? I was with you. I was with you at one point, but you know, the injuries, it's all about availability at the end of the day, right? Joker played the whole season and then for them to still be able to get the third seed with Murray being out, I think was just super impressive. Um, we know the workload that Joker takes on as, as being a primary facilitator on offense. And then, like you said, you're missing your, your what last year was your second best player. Um, it's unfortunate because I would have loved to see if Murray could duplicate what he did in the playoffs. Uh, this year compared to what he did in the bubble last year. But we're going to have to wait yeah. and see on that series. Uh, another series out West that I'm really interested in, the two versus seven. Phoenix against the Lakers. 
couple weeks ago, I had said, I, I thought this might be the best matchup for the Lakers just because of where they're at right now health-wise, right? I didn't think they wanted to see Denver or the Clippers in the first round when you're still trying to work LeBron back in. So this is a two-part question because I want to get your thoughts on the Lakers trying to work LeBron back in because I thought it was really odd that the other night they were actually talking about having him on some sort of minutes restriction when you this is playoff you basketball. Can't do that. You can't do that at the play-in. You right. know, it's even it's even more than playoff basketball. It's not a seven-game series. Right. It's, even, it's, it's even a one and done. Extreme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was a little odd. But for Phoenix, you have a great season. Chris Paul's getting MVP talk. Monty Williams has been voted coach of the year by the coaches. He's a finalist as well for coach of the year. Yes. And then you get the Lakers in the first round, man. How do you see this series playing out? Yeah, it's not only that you're playing probably the favorites out the West. It's a bad matchup for them as well. I mean, I know Aiton has took, taken a leap, but interior defense isn't their strong point. You have LeBron, you have AD, and you have Drummond now. That's going to be tough in the paint. I know it's the three-point I know it's the three-point era, but you need bigs to win. You need bigs to play, and I just don't think they have enough down low to contend with the Lakers. I just think it's a bad matchup for the Suns. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And and I don't like their depth. We talked earlier about Utah's yeah. depth. They don't really have the players. I I've, I've watched them in the past. Monty maybe goes 7-8 deep. You know, he's he's going to keep Paul and Booker out there for 38 to 40 minutes. And, and that's unfortunate because we know Paul really isn't that type of player anymore. But he has to. He doesn't have the weapons. I mean, Cameron Payne is their backup point guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shouts to Chris Paul, man. He's he's unbelievable. And this sounds a little weird, but I almost look at Chris Paul and I don't think he's the MVP this year. I don't agree with anybody who says that. I think it's Jokic as of now. And I would even have, I would even have Embiid above him. But he has that LeBron effect on the team mm -hmm. that he uplifts a whole franchise. He makes everybody around him better. It's almost like a mini LeBron, in my opinion. Not that they're the same player, but what they do for a franchise, you know? Absolutely. Uh, that'll be one to keep an eye on. Brooklyn, yep. you mentioned earlier, I think you and I, even though I was high on Boston last year, uh, can they get one game off Brooklyn? I think they could get one game. I think Tatum, I mean, he's been, you know, I haven't been as high on him as others, as you know about Tatum, but man, he is improving. He is getting better. And when you get a guy that could drop 50, I think he'll win a game for them. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be like five, baby. There's just too much offensive firepower with those three. And Kyrie, man, look at that efficiency. 50, 40, 90. In my opinion, the most skillful player in the league. And he's not even the best player in their team. He might not be the second best player on their team. It's insane. It is. They're, they're yeah. going to be tough to stop. Combo, as somebody who's, as someone, I should say, who's played at such a high level as you have, right? Do you feel chemistry could be an issue with this team? Because we saw chemistry affect the Clippers last year. It's no secret. These guys haven't played a lot together with the Nets. Obviously, Harden and KD go, go back to their days in Oklahoma City. Uh, KD and Kyrie played a little bit this year, but then you add in the new pieces. You know, you add Blake Griffin into that mix. Could chemistry become an issue deeper in the playoffs? Not in this first round matchup, but possibly a second round matchup with Milwaukee or an Eastern Conference Finals with Philly. I think chemistry can be an issue, but I think the bigger issue with them is interior defense. I think Joel Embiid is going to be a huge, huge mismatch problem for them. And if they make it to the finals and the Lakers happen to be there, I don't know what they're going to do with AD. And, you know, defense has been an issue with them all year and especially in the interior. So you combine that with what you're talking about right now, which could be chemistry issues. It's ridiculous how many starting lineups they've had and COVID protocols and injuries. And you're right. It could be chemistry. But I think the biggest issue is interior defense. What about Steve Nash? First playoff run. 
Um, obviously, his coaching staff, he's got a vet, obviously, in D'Antoni, but D'Antoni's never been to a finals either. How do you think he stacks up? Because I think the East has some of the best coaches in the league. I mean, we talk about Spolstra. We know Doc Rivers is on that side as well. How is he going to match up against those guys in key situations? Yeah, it's going to be tough against guys like Spolstra, you know, and even even Coach Bud. You know, we have, we've had our criticisms of Coach Bud, but these guys got experience as head coaches. But, you know, Kyrie was talking about it. It might be a collaborative effort with them. You know, we got some great basketball minds on that team. Uh, Harden is a great basketball mind. KD is a champion. Kyrie is a champion. So I think it'll be collaborative somewhat with them. But I think Nash is doing a great job. I think he'll hold his own. But it's always advantage Miami to me when it comes to coaching, in my opinion. It'll be interesting to see. I've, I've been waiting for Nash to kind of be tested in that way. Um, and, and not to make a negative out of it. I just want to see how he's going to respond to those moments, those critical timeouts, those out-of-timeout plays, out-of-bounds yeah, plays. Yeah, that's true. That's because true. those are the ones that really define a series. 100%. You know, adjustments, adjustments in the playoffs is everything. You, yeah, correct. I mean, Co- I Coach Coach Bo didn't have the most talented team last year, but he was able to out-coach Bud and out-coach Brad Stevens. So yes. he was doing some amazing stuff. When it came to Giannis, man, he was doing some amazing stuff that you wouldn't that we wouldn't even think of. It, it, it was crazy. It was crazy what he was doing. Let me get your early finals matchup and prediction. Again, okay. very early because we know things could change round by round. But as of today, as we get ready to go into the first round, who are you expecting to see in the NBA finals? Oh, man, it's so tough for me in the East. I keep going back and forth between the Sixers and the Nets. I'm going to edge the Nets, man. I really am. It's so close for me, though. I'll, I'll say the Nets. And I think, honestly, that the Sixers are a better basketball team, if you will. But the offensive firepower, man, with Harden, KD, and Kyrie, it doesn't take a genius to see that, man. So I'm going to go with the Nets there, even though I want to say Sixers. And I think it'd be really fun to see the Sixers win it all. Like, I would like to see that. I really would. But I think it's going to be the Nets. And then I'm going to go with the Lakers, man. I think LeBron is a lot healthier than people think. I know he couldn't see last game. I know he, <laughs> I know he yeah. has some. <laughs> he told Steph that Steph wasn't having it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, AD is, is in better form right now. And I think they're going to figure it out with, Dr- with Drummond. And LeBron's going to figure it out with Drummond. LeBron's going to figure out how to work with Drummond. And I think it's going to all come together. And I think we'll see them in the finals against the Nets. And that's what we all want to see, right? We all want to see that. Because if LeBron could get this one done, man, it just makes his GOAT debate. It makes it way go. more. Here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, I'm right there. I'm back and forth with that one, too. But I think it's very close. Well, let, let's talk on it, man. Uh, Barkley came out and said, you know, if, if LeBron is able to get to the finals and win it and specifically Oof. beat those guys in Brooklyn, Oof. the conversation gets a lot tougher. So you you talked about it. What, what do you think? How do you think it would affect the convo? I want to be honest, because are we saying first? Well, I should put it this way. Who do we feel is the biggest competition out west for the Lakers? Oh, man. The biggest competition out West. I think it's the Clippers for what we were talking about early because they're. I think their roster construction got better I with agree. Rondo and Serge Ibaka. And they got a different look. Not saying that Ty is a, is a better coach than Doc, but it's a different look, you know? It's a different look. So I think all that combined is going to, you know, maybe throw teams off in the playoffs. And I think when you have a better roster construction, you have a higher ceiling, right? 
So I think that's important. And, and also, I've had I've talked about this on the, my podcast with people that have been in the bubble. They're just they, the Clippers didn't want to be there last year. You know, they just didn't want to be in the bubble. And this will be a different situation. And I think Paul George has had some real bright spots. We know what Kawhi is going to do. There's no doubt. Like, Kawhi is going to show up. I have no doubt about that. And I think Paul George is going to be a lot better this playoffs. So I would say the Clippers are their toughest competition, even though Utah has been playing the best basketball. Yeah, so I, I like the Clippers, too. I mean, we got to keep in mind, Ty Lue in his three full seasons with the Cavs, all he did was go to the finals. So he knows how to get playoff victories. Now, obviously, it's a little different. He had LeBron James those years. But nonetheless, he's a guy who knows how to coach in these high-pressure situations. 100%. But back to the original point, I, I don't know how much it changes the, the narrative of LeBron's GOAT status because they're going to be favored pretty much in every series anyway. So the seventh seed, I, I don't think that becomes part of the narrative. I, they're not your, your standard number seven seed. We're not going to view them as a number seven seed. They're already the favorites in this series against the number two seed. So what series realistically are we expecting them to be the underdogs in where he would be pulling them out and winning the series? The finals. Only the finals. Yeah, but look, that's all That's all anybody's going to care about. And if, if, I mean, I know you feel that way and I know you know the game really well. I think consensus will look just at the finals and not care about what happened in the Western Conference if he ends up winning it. And for whoever who likes LeBron, likes Michael Jordan, like I'm not even into that. I, I, I'm trying to look at things, you know, as an analyst, I don't put emotion into it. I grew up watching Michael Jordan. So I think whoever you watch growing up, it's a little bit different, right? But I try and take that out of it. And I think obviously everybody growing up watching LeBron will point to that. And then the older guys will still, you know, they'll always mess with Jordan, man, because they grew up watching Jordan. But there's a, it's going to be a great debate. They'll say that Jordan never beat a team with players like Kyrie, Harden, and KD on the same team. They'll say that he never defeated a team like that. That'll be the narrative. I mean, it is what it is. If if I like it or you like it or anybody likes it, that's what's going to happen. You know, they're going to that debate will come up will come up again if LeBron wins this year against that team especially. So, I mean, I hate the debate just because no matter what side you take, it sounds like I think you I think you hate it because it's on every single sports show over and over and over. No, no, no. I I appreciate I appreciate the the banter and the back and forth because they're both all time great. I hate it, though, because it always comes across as if if you take a side, you're hating on the other. Right. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. They're both great. Right. You you know, I I mean, LeBron isn't far off from from Mike. It, it's not. I'm not. Okay. When I when I pick Mike, it's not. I'm not saying Mike is up here and LeBron is down here. No. Okay. So the, so so I'm asking you. Does that get him closer beating the Nets? I don't think. I don't think it. I think it 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 solidifies him to well, me. It, first of all, it means five instead of four, and you're a it lot means, closer to six. It means five instead of four. But to me, I I think it, it's a disservice that we immediately put him over Kareem. Kareem, up to the, if you match where LeBron is at right now and Kareem's numbers, Kareem had a better career. So, and that's not to take anything away from LeBron. But even right now, he doesn't have more rings. If, we, if we're talking rings, he doesn't have more rings than Kareem. Yeah, I would always... Fa- and also, Kareem's in my top three easily. It's not even right. close. Like, I, I, I tell everybody that. But I think when you initiate offense, it just gives you the edge when we're talking about all time. It just does, you know? Okay, I think, fair. I, 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 I think that's what gives LeBron the edge. And in terms of greatness, it's really close, you know, between all those guys. Uh, I think, but th- I do think those are the top three, you know? Yeah. And, For and, me, and, I have I have Braun and Kareem 1A and 1B. Yeah. They're neck and yeah. Neck. 
I'm not mad at that. Or, or two way, I should say, right there. You know, neck and neck. I'm but, not bad at that. I was hey, I was talking to a friend yesterday. Shouts to my guy Mike. He says that uh Bird is two for him. Jordan Bird. That's pretty crazy, right? I mean, I mean, is is that more based off personal preference? What is he basing that off of? I don't know. I, yeah, I gotta ask him. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I wouldn't have Bird too. I have Bird higher than most, but I don't have Bird in the top three. Nah, no, I, I don't. I don't think Bird is in the top five. I think after that, that the conversation could be had, but I don't think he's top five. Um, but nonetheless, I think that's. I think that's arguable. I think I have Bird a lot higher than others. I think that's arguable. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. To me, again, just to the point of LeBron, I don't think winning the championship when you are favored to win the championship should strengthen the case. Say I that again. Say that again. Winning the championship when you are favored to win it. They're not favored, according to Vegas. They Well, fair. They were favored at the start of the season until the Harden trade was made, and then the Nets became the favorites. Well, we this season was crazy for them. He got injured. Right. AD, first of all, AD wasn't but, even in shape in the beginning of the season. He was injured. So we're going to get into the Lakers a little bit, too. But in, in general, what I'm saying is they are favored to come out of the West. Now, yeah, I would assume, unless there's some injury, if both teams go in healthy to that matchup, it's going to be a pretty even pick em in terms of who is the favorite. I don't think the Nets are going to be a big favorite going into a finals matchup with the Lakers. I don't think so, yeah. I think right. you're correct. I think so you're I don't, that's why I don't think it, it enhances it so much to the point. Like the narrative that Barkley was trying to portray was the seventh seed going on the road, beating all these teams, and then beating the juggernaut in Brooklyn. Well, for them to get to that, to that point of playing Brooklyn, they're still going to be the favorites all the way through the Western Conference playoffs. The only time that they would probably meet that adversity of our we're not the favorites anymore would be the matchup against Brooklyn. So I don't know how much that really strengthens his case, his legacy. Nonetheless, he is on the Mount Rushmore players. You and I both agree he's right there in that number two slot. So even I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm back. So you have him third. Oh, you have him first. Yeah. You have him first over Mike. Tough. It's tough, E. It's really tough. Oh man. Honestly, I think they're ne- I think they're neck and neck right now. Can- can't they be neck and neck? Yeah, they could be. Yeah, man. Like man, I don't. It's I, don't tough. I don't subscribe to the thinking that he can never catch Mike. I don't want to put that narrative out there either. Honestly, I think if he gets to first of all, if he gets to six, and then he has all the all-time numbers and longevity and consistency yes. over him. We got to give it to him, man. So we got to see, man. His story is not written yet. That's why it's so tough. Right. Well, man, it's, hey, I'm not mad in an argument for either. I know that's, I mean, in what we do, it's kind of like a, it's kind of, some would call weak not to pick one or the other, but it's so close, you know, it's really right. close. And, yeah. and, to, and to the point you made earlier too, and this is why, like I said, it goes back and forth. And I, I, I never, I don't want to make it negative about LeBron. There will be some people who say, man, for him to be able to beat that Nets team with what they had, that's something special on his own that Mike never did. Very fair. Mike never had to face a team like the Nets. He never had to face a team like the Warriors. But Mike also never played on the type of teams that Braun has played on either. So we've got to be fair on both sides of the argument. Mike never played with an Heatles type team where, what team did Mike have where he had three of the top six players in the league on the same team? Hey, first, Scotty, first, we know Scotty. Absolutely. Scotty was better than AD to me. That's tough. That's tough. Scotty is better all time than AD. No. 
right and now. Scotty, yo, Scotty, right Scotty, now, yes. Hey, let right me ask now, you. Yes. Let me tell you but something. The, again, the Scott, resume you know is incomplete, and you know AD what? is probably more skilled. AD is more talented, maybe. But Scotty came into the season ready in shape. He was a pro. Yeah. I don't know if AD is is like as professional as Scotty was. Like, like AD came out of sh- he wasn't in great shape to begin the season, and I know they came right off the bubble. But man, like Scotty brought it from the beginning to end every year. Um, but you know, it's close between those two. And Ron Harper was underrated. He was but Ron really the injuries has slowed down Ron already. And, and Dennis Rodman, he was he was a star in his role. So I see what you're but saying though. At, at that, but at that point, Rodman. So I think a lot of times we view Rodman for what he was with Detroit and San Antonio. When when the Bulls got him. He was he has slowed down a, a lot. He has slowed down in terms of be able to guard multiple positions and lateral quickness. He didn't slow down as a rebounder. Or no, he was still a great rebounder, but and he and, wasn't. and and his mind was better. He he, he knew what to, he he was smarter. He used to let like the, his emotions get the best of him on the court when he was with the Pistons more than he did with and the with Bulls. San Antonio. That's what got him running. Yeah, out of well, San Antonio. yeah, that that, that was <laughs> that was crazy, but. I mean, he he kind of figured it out with the Bulls. Obviously, a lot of that was how they how Phil Jackson kind of dealt with him, you right? Know? So, but yeah, man, they had a really good. Cool coach was tough, man. They had. I'm not listen. I'm not saying they didn't have a good team. Obviously, you got to have a good team to win so wait, seven wait, so, games. Yeah. So, so who I'm just La- saying. Wait, no. I want to ask a question. Who mm-hmm. on the Lakers outside of AD was better than Cool Coach? Who on the Lakers outside of, last year's Lakers? Probably. Um, maybe Rondo. Rondo's a similar type. Ah, player. Nah, nah, yeah, no, was... we can't discredit what Rondo no, did no. for that team. Well, well, Celtics Rondo was better. I think but... even last year's Rondo. Cool coach was a solid six man on that team. Yo, but I don't. He I was. He was a. He was. He could do everything. He he was like a super Joe Angles. He was like your boy Danny Avidija. No, yeah, I think Danny. I think nah, Danny. I think Danny's a younger version of him. Don't do that. Don't do that. He is a younger version of him. Tony, a little more athletic, tougher, hard, more yeah. than Danny. And not yeah, saying that probably. Danny. Not, not saying that Danny doesn't have heart, but like Tony was like, ah, you know, like. But I mean, it was a different point in their career. Denny will get that. Denny will get that assertiveness as he gets through. I mean, Tony was like a super veteran at that point, but Tony was better than Denny. But Denny, you know, I know what you're saying. You're saying it's like, yeah, but yeah. but in turn, like I said, I you know, and that's not to discredit Bron's accomplishments. Um, Do I have I some think, fair points here? That's all I'm asking. I think no, at, both good. both sides, bro. I think yeah, yeah. You know, Bron has been amazing, and and Bron's yeah. longevity is going to give him the opportunity to, to potentially pass Mike. But it just can't be on longevity. Like I said, it's, it's got to be. I think it's, it's going to take a little bit more. Now, winning a finals this year, it, it could help. I just don't it's think that help. it completely opens up the conversation and says, all right, now now he's ahead of Mike. I still don't think his work Here, is done to be ahead of Mike. Here's what's going to happen. Like, I think with everything, it just depends on the time period and what people are consuming, to be honest. Like, during the last dance, if we would have done a poll, it would have been 80% Mike, 20% LeBron. If LeBron wins the championship... It's probably going to be 50-50 right after, right? Right, right. after he wins the championship. Then maybe a few months later, it'll go back to Mike, you know, 60-40. Yeah, if we were to see another documentary on Mike, it might jump up again or some new content from Mike. Right. It, it, it's a time. Like, and if he wins the championship this year, it might even bump to LeBron 60-40. It just depends where we're at. So we have to look at everything when he's done, to be honest. You know? Yeah, and, and like you said, the conversation is going to continue to swing based off recency bias because yes. now that there's a, a Kobe doc 
and a Laker doc about to come out, that'll drum up a whole nother conversation. So yeah, it, yeah. it is one of those things that based off of what you're consuming at the time, um, it's going to be instrumental on you making a decision. Speaking of Kobe, uh, since we just mentioned him, obviously the legend who, who passed last year was officially inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, last weekend. Probably one of the greatest classes ever. Him, KG, Duncan, Paul Pierce, Ben Wallace, C-Webb. Um, I'm probably missing some other guys as well, but it was a great class. Overall, 13 championships among the guys who went in. Amazing. What were your thoughts on on the class um, as you heard them and, and obviously as the ceremony played out? Yeah, it was phenomenal. And uh, Vanessa Bryant, that speech was, man, it was it was great. It was sad. It was it was good to see Mike right behind her, supporting her. Um, obviously. You know what goes into that rest in peace Kobe. so that was just amazing and him leading that class with all those greats it was phenomenal man you know like kevin garnett tim duncan those are probably some of the greatest power forwards we've ever seen ben wallace probably the greatest role player to ever play it was phenomenal man i i really enjoyed it and i thought it was the great class one of the all-time classes It is one of the all-time classes. It's going to be very tough to match their accomplishments and what they meant to the game. And I, I tried not to watch too much of Vanessa Bryant's speech, I'm be honest, because Kobe is, is, to me, is like, man, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to think about it. I know I was emotional yeah, last year when it happened. It's, yeah. It's so I, I don't, I, I, I don't really want to. It's wanna... almost like, is this rails to this day, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, 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 un, it's unfair a little bit too, man. I mean, anytime somebody loses their life early, it's unfair, but... For Kobe, knowing how much he loved the game and how much he wanted to measure himself against the greats, to not be able now to get his flowers and get his induction and kind of go through the whole tour that most retired players go through. You know, the appreciation from the fan, the appreciation from the league, for him to lose his life so young and then his daughter be with him. I think it's still a tough blow for the NBA community. Most definitely. So sad, man. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe. And uh, my thoughts and prayers are always with their family. So shouts to them. It's It's... I still can't even believe it. Like, like whatever I see something, I'm like, what? Kobe's really passed. Like, it's crazy, man. It's just crazy. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's something that's still unbelievable to me, man. Um, we know the, the impact Kobe had on the game and a lot of these young players. And we, the league is in great shape. You know, a lot of great guards, a lot of great playmakers in the game. There's been an ongoing debate this year about first team all NBA, first team, second team, Specifically guards, we'll leave it there because that, that seems to be the position where this created the biggest log jam in terms of who's going to actually get in. Who do you see making first and second team All-NBA at the guard position? At the guard position? It depends on who we call guards. <laughs> it's like, it's so tough, man. Uh, you know, I guess you got to put Chris Paul in there, first team, right? And I, I agree. But then it gets really tricky after that. Yeah, who would you go? Let me get your take on it, and then I'll, and then I'll see how I would add in. Because, like, first of all, what the NBA gives the media members that actually have these votes, they can only put people in certain positions. Like, Paul George is, like, he's an interesting one because we don't know if he played guard or forward. I mean, he kind of plays both. I don't know, man. And then the centers, like, if you do legit centers, Clint Capella is going to get in. If you do, if you do, I don't know if Clint's going to get in. He, if they do centers only, like if, if you did, do, the, if you did top 15, Clint won't get in. Right. But if you have centers that you have to put in, I think Clint will get in. He, he's been the third. Oh, you're right. You could put Jokic and Bede and, um, and Rudy. 
Yeah, you could. You're right. You're right. And that's and I mean, even that's unfair because obviously Embiid and Jokic are two finalists for MVP. One of them may not be on the first team. Yeah. Which I and and it'll be even crazier if the guy who isn't on first team wins the MVP because the two aren't connected to each other, right? You could win MVP. That does not affect how you're voted onto the all NBA team. I don't think we've ever had that. Imagine Joker winning MVP, but then getting voted to second team all NBA. Yeah, we've seen it with Defensive Player in the Year. It, it was uh, with Marcus All, I think, and I think LeBron alluded to it. I think he was second team in one Defensive Player of the Year. So yeah, I guess we, I guess we could see it. We could see it. I don't think we will, but even that's tricky, right? Like, are, are we going to slide one of those guys back? Is Luca going to be considered a guard or a forward? Yeah, we got to go to my guy Rashad Phillips' position dictionary. He's a dual forward <laughs> in his book. So I mean, yeah, it's tough. He's a, he's he's an initiator. He's a He's a big ball handling initiator. So it's just tough, man. I, I think he's more like a guard in my opinion. You know, it's tough. It's just tough. Yeah, it's, it's super tough to determine. I think uh, CP3 and, and Steph should be first team at the guard position. But again, depending on where Luca's rated, Jimmy Butler is going to get some votes. Yes. Where should he land? Is he a forward? Is he a guard? Yeah, like it's going to be interesting. And I think... I think there's going to be like 25 in the 25 to 30 guys in the mix. That's going to be the crazy part. You know, like So yeah, you you've got you've got a lot of uncertainty at the position. Who would you put on your first and second team though? In terms of the top 5, the top the top 10? Top 10, first and second team. Well, can we put Embiid and Jokic in the top? Like, yeah, <laughs> I would put Embiid, Jokic, Chris Paul. Oh man, Julius Randle, Julius Randle, and uh, who would be my last guy? Who would be my last guy? Let me think. I might put Luca in there. So, your first team, you're going Embiid. Joker, you said Randall. Yes. So who? So so now tell me because that was off the dome. Tell me who I'm. I know I'm probably missing somebody that's ridiculously should be on there. Yeah. So if if we're going and then the, the guard, you said CP3 and and who else? CP3, Luca. I like Jokic and Embiid, and I like Randall. That's too many bigs. This team is too, this, this team will get cooked in the modern NBA. <laughs> <laughs> so well, not necessarily because I mean all, all three of the bigs can shoot. That's true. That's true. But they'll so, get killed on defense. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll get put in the pick and roll all <laughs> but game. But it's, it's not that type of team. I'm just trying to think of, like, some of the guys that I really enjoyed this season, you know? I mean, look, LeBron. LeBron was great, but he missed out a lot. So, and to me, he's still, and, oh, look, and KD, he missed out too much. Like, he, KD first of all, those, to much. me, and I'm telling you, those are the two best players in the NBA. No question, in my opinion. But they're not, I don't think they're all NBA first team this year. I agree. The injuries. I mean, just off that list, like I said, just those guys. Uh, we're missing. You put Luke on there, so we're missing some combination of Steph, Dame, right? Yeah, Steph. I'm missing Steph. What am I and doing? Then, hey, and then, Julius Randle, get out of there. All right, Steph, so you put take. Him in. All right, so so Luca, Steph, CP3, and then Embiid and Joker. Yeah, I like that. Even I know that, I'm, probably mi- I'm probably even missing more people. You're I was about to say, as right great now. as that is, you're missing you're Giannis. You're right. You're right. So who you know, do you take? Let me take out somebody again. No, no, but no, but go with that five, and then who would you put on the second team then? So, you, so Randall goes to second, right? Okay. 
Giannis. Um, hey, we got to put Kawhi on there, man. He, he had a good season. He's just not getting the hype, right? I, I would put PG over Kawhi just because of the amount of games. Kawhi missed I like 20 PG. games. I personally like PG's game better. Like, I enjoy watching PG play over Kawhi. So, I like that. And uh, you tell me, man, who else we got in the mix? I'm, I'm all uh, over the place right now. So, it's got to be Dame. Yes, Dame. Dame got to be on that list. Uh, I would put Dame. Since we put both bigs on the first team, I'll put Rudy, Randall, PG, Dame, and Tatum. Well, you got Rudy in the second team? Well, because we put both hey, bigs on the first you know, team. You know John Hollinger, who's tremendously knowledgeable. He, he has Rudy as his MVP. It's pretty crazy, right? That's a little extreme. Yeah, from what I remember. I think I heard him say that, yeah. That's a little extreme. Now... He invented P-E-R, John Hollinger. Yeah, yeah, the player efficiency <laughs> rating. Uh, he invented it. That's pretty crazy to invent your own thing, though. That's pretty, yeah. Yeah. He's not the MVP of the league. Nah, but he he, there's going to be times he can't even play in the playoffs. Nah. They'll, yeah, <laughs> there'll be matchups. But that don't matter. It's a regular season award. Do you think they should do away with that? Should it just be one MVP for the whole season like nah, the totality of the season I like I like that I like that but what I would change is make it positionless to all NBA teams I would definitely change that we're in a right. different time we're in a different time period if it's five guards it's five guards to so the best best five players but no I, I would still keep a regular season and then I think you could have a playoff MVP I think that'd be cool why not yeah a playoff MVP I, my only issue with the with the regular season MVP is that Every year is dictated by the narrative, right? Like, of course, Steph is having a great season, but like, as the eighth seed, are we willing to say if they get in for the eighth seed? Obviously, they got to win tonight. Would we be willing to say he's the MVP of the league, even though his team is an eighth seed? Who? Steph. He's a finalist. Yeah, man. It's because that. First of all, he was playing great all year, and absolutely. And, and on top of that, he had a ridiculous month. Like, that was probably his best month, including his unanimous MVP year, right? His numbers right now are very comparable to his first MVP. And he had one month that was ridiculous. I think yeah. it was last month. Yeah, this last month of the season. Him yeah. and him and Russell Westbrook were, like, unconscious this last month of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, look, man, I was never as high on Russ as some, but I really, I, I love that guy's attitude, man. I think maybe he, sh I think he should be all NBA too. It's tough, man. It's He's going to be guys. another guy. Yeah, him hey, and Bill are going to hey, get consideration. Hey, I don't have a vote, and, and uh, that, it's good that way. There's too many guys, man. There's too many guys. Fair enough. Um, rookie of the year. You were high early on about Anthony Edwards. You, that's and, your guy. And, he, and he's performed. He's performed. He's performed. Um, you and I did well. Trip didn't. Shout out to my man Trip. He's not on hey, tonight. Hey, shout to Trip. We need, next time I need Trip in the building. Virtually. He will be in the building for the next all right. one. All right. When the three of us got together last time and we all gave our prediction on Rookie of the Year, you and I came out pretty good because both our guys are in the conversation right now. Yes, His sir. guy Wiseman, not so much. Obviously, he went down. Hey, and, 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 and the bad thing is, is that shouts to trip but the Warriors got so much better absolutely fortunately after his unfortunate injury as a former Hooper I don't like to see anybody get injured but the fact of the matter and a, and a speedy recovery to him but the fact of the matter is that the Warriors got better after it it, it just is what it is yeah um who is the rookie idiot for you Anthony Edwards or Lamelo? Halliburton's also a finalist, another guy gonna, you were very high on. So I, I'll, I'll always give you credit for that because you were big on both those guys going into draft night. Yeah, those are my guys. I'm still going to go with LaMelo, man. His impact, what he did for that team. I know he missed a lot, but I'll still go with LaMelo, man. He's, uh, he got it to me. 
but Edwards is right there as a close second, and I got Tyrese as third. That's my just, yeah, that's how I got it. But, you know, obviously I was talking more about Ant Anthony Edwards and Tyrese going into the season, but I won't be biased about my own opinion. So I think LaMelo does deserve it. I really do. Fair enough. What about coach of the year? It's Tibbs. Oh, it's I, yo, this is another one. Tibbs or Monty. It's really and tough. And Quinn Snyder. I thought Quinn Snyder's done a great job this year as well. He, he did do a great job. I would have Monty and Tibbs above him, me personally. And he did a great, they were the best team in basketball. You can't deny that. But Monty and Tibbs is a coin flip. Man, yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Let me, I'll go with Monty. I'll go with Monty. Fair enough. He, he got the vote from the coaches already, so he, he yeah. may get the, the yeah. AP as well. I'll go um, with Monty. Sixth man of the year. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, Derrick Rose. So Joe Ingles is... I appreciate his game more than most players in the league. Like, I really... I like his game better than Jordan's game. Me personally, but we'll go with Jordan for uh, we'll go with Jordan for uh, for for uh, six man. And what about a uh, defense player of the year? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, easily, no question. No Draymond Love over Rudy. What? No Draymond Love. Nah, it's over for Draymond. Get him out of here. <laughs> nah, that's it's nah, quiet yeah. for Draymond. <laughs> He's a good player, but nah. Yeah, I got Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I mean, look, Draymond's IQ is super high. He's probably one of the greatest team and help defenders ever. Even though you got on me about that one time, I remember that team defender. What does that mean? Nah, but he's, nah. he 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 anchors the defense. He's super smart. He's always going to be a great defender, an all-time defender. He said it himself that he's the greatest defender ever. Do I agree with that? Not really. But I got Ben Simmons. What about most improved? Jeremy Grant, Julius Randle. I'll go with Julius Randle here. We got to show the Knicks some love. I edged Monty over Tibbs, so let's show the Knicks some love here. And uh, not just because of that. I really do believe that he did. Yeah. He really, his, his improvement is crazy. Like, his shooting alone, his shooting alone has opened up everything for that team. And he's like, you see how, what he does as a tough shot maker? It's insane. Like, he's on a, he's on a high level when it comes to tough tough shots and making them and knocking them down at an efficient level. It's going to be interesting if he could keep this up. If this is if this is an outlier Caesar for, for him or this is something that's like kind of out the box. We'll see. It'll be real interesting because the Knicks yeah. going to have a tough choice to make next season. He's he They have the team option going into next year. Um, he's cheap contract-wise when you compare him to other All-Stars. He's only making 20 mil. But he's going, he's going to demand a, a high increase and he's only 27 years old. So when is his free agency start? Next summer. There's a there's hey, a team option. Hey, if, if he has a similar season to this year, he's easily max player. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where the, the tough decision is going to come in. Um, Yo, I, I, I know. I, I, for him, I wish I wish it was this summer for him. Oh, I'm sure he would too. I mean, it it could have well, been for it, him it, if he believes in himself. He'll just in his head, he's like, I'm doing this again. So it, probably for him, it's not a big deal. But no, you're right. Like if that was me. I want that right after this season. <laughs> yeah, I want, I, yeah. Everything I've read is this is what he wanted. He wanted to be coached hard, and that's why he feels he's having the best season of his career. Um, again, it's but a yeah, team but option. he's just a better shape. He's just a better shooter. It's not all tip. I mean, a lot of no, it is no. It's, it's definitely. I think yeah. Kenny Payne deserves a lot of credit for it. Yeah, yeah Kenny yeah. Payne has connected with a lot of those guys um, yeah. because it's not just him who's made the improvement. I think RJ has taken a nice leap from last year. Who, who would have oh, seen? 100%. You know, Drew Hanlon worked on his jump shot. I watched something with him and Kevin O'Connor and the way they changed his jump shot. They moved his out. It sounds weird, but they moved his elbow out a little bit and mm -hmm. it's really helped him a lot. And yeah, man, he's looking like, like that's going to help him a lot with his career because you know, shooting is at a premium at, is at a premium at the NBA, in the NBA. So 
Yeah, man, that's big time. That's big time. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we, we got your award picks. A couple more topics and then we'll wrap up for the night combo. Um, and be sure anybody who's listening, make sure you subscribe to Combo's Court. Like I said, it is one of the best sports podcasts, specifically basketball podcasts out thank there, you, man. Thank you. Uh, thank we you. fuck with it heavy here. All right, man. I'm telling I you, man. That. I, I love the show, lot. man, for real. Um, couple more topics I want to get into. We talked about the Hall of Fame and we talked about the class. But then I saw the report afterwards, and I didn't see this during the ceremony. The super fan from the Toronto Raptors, he was inducted in. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, because I, I I'm not knocking a guy. We're all fans of the sport. Obviously, we love the sport dearly, but I just found it a little odd that the NBA would induct a fan. And if a fan's gonna get inducted, why wouldn't it be Spike Lee first? Yeah, Spike Lee. Spike Lee was here for you know since I was a kid. It should be you're right, it should be Spike Lee first if it's gonna be anybody. But I don't know, man. I want to keep it, you know. And and honestly, I don't think you have to be a player. I don't think you have to be a player to be in the Hall of Fame. I think Jalen Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame before the super fan, right? For what he did with the Fab Five, for what he did in the NBA, for what he did in media. This guy was doing best damn sports show while he was in the league. He's going he's gonna to get in. Uh, I don't know. No, because no, when I say it, people are like, oh, that's a... Like, they're kind of surprised. They're like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Like, I don't think it's on the top of people's minds like that. You, but you know why it's not, though, right? And you, you know this, Combo, because a lot of people don't realize that the Naismith Hall of Fame is not set just right. for NBA. It's your, right. to, it's your total body of work. That's how Tony Kukoc was able to get in as well. His yeah, total yeah. body and of work. And I think, what, Sabonis will be in, right? I Sabonis think? will be in, yep. Yeah. So... And but that's yeah, Jalen Rose. I mean, Jalen Rose needs to be in there now. Then, just if he retired from media today, and from what he did with the Fab, like his impact is so much different than the super than the Toronto super fan. And shouts to him. But you know, that's just it, my thoughts. It is, but I, I, it also a part of that is Michigan. You remember with when they with those sanctions that came down and they tried to discredit everything the Fab uh, Five yeah, did. Yeah. That may hurt that's as not well. Jaylen's, that's not Jalen. That's not his fault. But it, it, it yeah. kept C Webb out all this time too. It was, good to see them to it was good to see them to talk, man. That was great. That was that was so good to see them to talk, man. Yeah. For, for, for the younger listeners, you guys don't understand how important the Fab Five was to the culture. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, the long shorts, you know. It, it, it was, they changed things up, man. They had more impact than almost every NBA team, maybe outside, like, the Lakers and the Bulls, I would say. Maybe the Pistons are up there, too. I mean, they... Their they were the second different. most. They were the second most popular team during that time, right behind the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I'm and saying. A, again, as a college team, they were that musty yeah. TV team uh, every Saturday. Hundred percent. And I and I got to get your thoughts too on on a recent prospect. There was some news that broke, so I'm not sure if you got to read it. So I know I'm throwing you a curveball, but uh, Sterling Henderson. He was the number. I saw rate- something. You got to fill me in. I saw something. Got you. I got you. He's number seven rated prospect in the 2022 class. Uh, smart young man. He's actually graduating high school a year early. Had some offers from some of the bigger programs, but is deciding to go into the G League uh, program at 17 years old. So he's the youngest to go into the program. He'll have to be in the program for two years before actually entering the draft. I know we've oh. talked about it in the past. Is this going to become the wave? Is this going to become the trend where guys say, look, I'm going to bypass the prep schools and the big colleges. I can just go into the G League. Yeah, it's going to be the wave. I mean, there's going to be some of these top prospects are going to take alternative routes, but there'll also be a place for college because we got too many players in America and not everybody's going to have the opportunity to do this. So there'll be these alternative programs and we'll still have college. Um, These are traditional places with a lot of backing and 
and great fans. So college will have its place, and these alternative routes will have its place for the top-end prospects. Will we not see some of the top-end prospects in college? Probably. You know, there's a good chance of that. But they'll be both, and they'll live simultaneously, and there'll be some guys who will go overseas, and they'll probably be even created. They'll probably create more programs overseas for this. I know Australia's doing a great job of that, and we'll see more of that. And we got overtime elite, and we'll see some of those kids go there. Um, but, you know, there's so many good basketball players in America that I think there'll be enough talent for everybody. Will college ever be the same? Like when we see, you know, Akeem Olajuwon and Patrick Ewing and all those guys like that, where we got the top end, top end players, probably not. But there'll be a place for college as well. And I think everything will be great. And hopefully these college kids can get paid as well. That's, I think, the most important thing. It's yeah. time to start paying the collegiate athlete. And then maybe they won't be so uh, willing to bypass college to go overseas or go in the G League program. Um, and I know you're, you're always doing your scouting with the upcoming class. Obviously, this year's class is no different. Kay Cunningham getting a lot of attention, possibly number one pick. Jalen Suggs. A uh, lot of good guys in this draft. Who are you keeping your eye on? I know it's very early because we're going to probably do a draft episode once we get closer to that time of the year. But who's, who's somebody who you really like coming out of this uh, upcoming draft class? Well, the top five is solidified. But in my opinion, Scotty Barnes is the top five prospect. And I don't think he will get drafted top five. I think he'll actually get drafted six right after those top five in whatever order they may be. Um, a sleeper pick for me is Bones Highland from VCU. He didn't get to play, but this guy is dynamic. He can score the basketball from everybody, from anywhere on the court. And at the least, I think he'll be like a dynamic six man, like uh, Jamal Crawford type. And he has super crazy range, could shoot it from everywhere. I think he'll go late first round, hopefully. Hopefully he won't creep into that second round, but he's a sleeper to watch for as well. Oh, man. Always appreciate the insight. I'm going to be looking out for a lot of those young guys as well. Uh, Combo, before before we go, man, plug the show, plug anything else you got going on right now. Yeah, Combo's Court. Uh, we got episodes running up all the time. You could find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. You can catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. You can find me on Twitter at Combo's Court. Um, yeah, man. YouTube Combo TV. We're starting that up. Some video highlights of the show. Uh, yeah, man, tune in. I think everybody will enjoy it. If you like basketball, you'll enjoy it. Can't wait for it. You know what? I'm excited for the offseason. Maybe we get some non-basketball stuff going on. We could talk battle rap. We could talk boxing. You could come on. We could do some of that, you know? I know I know you're into that. I'm into that. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's really fun. Um, this was a great podcast right here. I can't wait to hear this one. And uh, thanks so much, E, for having me back on. Absolutely, man. We're going to do it again. Like you say, yeah, we get into the offseason. There's, there's some boxing news. I don't know if you saw Pacquiao's fighting in August. Oh, no, I didn't see it. You're yeah. more in tune to that than me. So we got to get you oh, on yeah. to talk boxing. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, man. We, we'll we'll get into that. But there's some good fights coming up as well. And then obviously Mayweather against the Yeah, Paul yeah. So, so tell me. So before we get out of here, tell me your take on that. Because we've actually had a show recently about my guy Max Van Alken was on the show. And we were talking about that a little. But I would love to hear your take on that and what you think will happen. I, I didn't. Uh, so yeah, uh, MVP podcast. I saw you on there. I listened to a little bit of it. I didn't get through the whole episode. Okay. Okay. Um, Floyd is gonna embarrass him. Yeah. Um, it's just too much skill. I, I understand uh, that he's a bigger fighter than than Floyd, but he still doesn't know how to really throw. Can a punch. we even consider him? I mean, I know he has boxing. No, he doesn't have boxing skills. His brother he's has got, boxing. So yeah. wait. So can we consider him a fighter when we compare it to a guy like Floyd? No. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like he, he's, it's all, it's all, you know, it's, it's all a money grab. I'm not mad at Floyd though, uh, as, as he put it. You know, if you're willing to pay me, 
couple million dollars, sometimes a hundred million dollars. I'm not mad at Floyd at all, do it. but yeah, there's, it, 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 you know, there's interest in it, so it'll happen, and they'll make a lot of money. I, and I've come around on, on every, the idea. And, and look, man, I'm happy for them. They're making a lot of money. They're doing what they do. It's a collaborative effort. They're both going to make a lot of money, and shouts to them. Yeah, I've come around on the idea of the exhibition fights, too. I, I was a little critical of them before, um, but... I think it's drawing good attention to the sport. And I think if it's done the right way, if they if they showcase some younger fighters, I really like what Triller's doing um, because even at their next event uh, coming up next month, they've got Teofimo Lopez who beat Lomachenko earlier this year. Mm. Um, he's their headline fighter, but they're going to have some exhibition fights on the undercard. So I like okay. that. If you're going to do it, mix it up. Put the real fights with the exhibition fights and that way you draw attention to some of the good uh, up-and-coming fighters. Uh, but Floyd's going to embarrass them. Uh, yeah, Floyd Floyd may you. carry it for two rounds and then he's going to put a put a hurt on. Yeah, you know what? If he just if he just beats him in the first round, it probably won't be good for the next time they do this. They'll be like, we're not paying for this, maybe. So maybe he has to carry him for two or three rounds, right? I think it'll benefit him in the long run to do that. Absolutely. He, yeah. Like I said, he carries him for about two rounds. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he'll start unloading some shots on him and the fighter stop right then and there. I'm just interested to see, being that they're calling it a true exhibition, what are going to be some of the guidelines and restrictions? Because we were hyped for Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, and then we found out they couldn't knock each other out. They're not going to do... If they... People will be really upset if they do it with this one, with everything that happened with his brother, with the hat. Yeah. Like, we can't... We can't we're not doing that for this. I hope we're not doing that for this. I, I hope so as well. Yeah. I hope you know what? That fight. made more sense for older guys, right? That made... These guys are younger. I mean, May- Mayweather is not super young, but he wasn't as old as them. I, I don't think that would make sense for these guys, but I think it did make sense for, you know, the guys that age of Tyson and Roy, you know? I think that made more sense for that. Well, we got to see. I mean, like I said, again, whenever they throw that label of exhibition, I always get worried because it's like, all right, so what okay, restrictions okay. are we putting there? Okay. No, I'm with you. I'm you know what I'm saying? So we, we got to see how that plays out. But again, it was a great episode. Yes, uh, so sir. We're going to yes, do this sir. again real soon. Again, for my for my guest, Andrew Salop, I am Eric Sanchez. This is The Sanchez Show, and we out of here. Yes, sir.